Welcome to Ottawa Valley Vineyard, where we simply want to help you encounter Jesus, be transformed, and share his love. As we've been talking about as a community, we really are, we're seeking, we're really asking God uh, to lead us. We've been through a stage uh, over the last several weeks of really wanting to uh, prepare our hearts. Uh, we just know that if we uh, sort of go and seek God and ask him, you know, for uh, leadership and guidance, that we're just so... Uh, uh, tempted to allow ourselves to just be guided by our own desires or to be guided by our fears or guided by our own thinking. And so uh, we've really gone through a process these last several weeks of trying to just sort of lay that down um, in terms of having really Christ-like hearts. We want to have hearts that uh, really respond to what he's saying and to what he's doing um, and, and are actually like his heart so that we are not just even always cognitively trying to figure out what he wants, but we are becoming more and more like him so that we hear the way he hears and we see the way he sees. That's part of our goal as disciples. Uh, we want to have transformed minds. We want to be decoupled from uh, the worldviews that we're uh, surrounded by, decoupled from uh, the ideologies that are coming at us in social media and Instagram and uh, Snapchat and Facebook. We want to really have a Christian worldview. Uh, we want to be committed to follow. We talked about being living sacrifices and that being a part of how we listen uh, together, that uh, we hear better when we're committed to obeying what we hear. Uh, obedience unblocks our hearing. That's a key piece. And Matt shared beautifully last week about how we want to be grounded in the things we already know. We want to be grounded in the mission that we have. We know we're called to gather the church. We know we're called to disciple people. We know we're called to care for children. We know we're called to care for the poor. Um, so how do we um, guide ourselves in terms of the mission, knowing all of that? So uh, the reason we do all this and, and take all of this time in preparation is we just really want to be aligned with God's plan. And the beauty of that is if we're aligned with him, then we're aligned with each other. Uh, so many times churches go through processes like this and they result in disunity or competition or factions or all kinds of different things like that. I just want to say as a credit to you, as a testament to you, uh, our leadership has not been lobbied at all for a specific direction or for a specific decision or for a specific way of moving forward. that I think we have in you at OVV a community that really genuinely, authentically wants to hear uh, from God and to follow him and to obey. And so like to your credit, I think there's a humble listening hearts uh, here. And I'm just so, so grateful uh, for you guys uh, being being people like that. It's It's been absolutely uh, wonderful. Because if we were like that, if we were like like really thinking the way to direct the church is by sort of trying to decide who has the strongest opinions and what way did they want us to go. Uh, it, it would really, it would be chaos, wouldn't it? The opinion poll would be chaos. We'd have all kinds of different arrows pointing us in all kinds of different directions, and it would be very hard to make a decision. And very often in situations like that, churches make decisions that are actually non-decisions and just end up kind of doing everything and doing everything badly. And maybe that God will call us that. Maybe he'll call us to some sort of hybrid models in terms of what we're doing so that we're really capturing and meeting a bunch of needs at a bunch of different levels. That might be precisely what he's calling us to, but we want to know that he's calling us to that uh, rather than just be led by all of our whims and all of our desires, right? So we lay that all down and then we end up, if with prepared and listening hearts, oriented all in the same direction uh, towards the cross, oriented uh, towards what God is speaking to us together, calling us to go 
Uh, so the question is, is, how does that listening and discernment work, right? That's the big question for us, is how do we actually do that? How do we actually pull that off as a community? And so I just, what I did was just really quickly, I just want to plow through a bunch of scriptures, and it's going to seem like I'm, I'm not spending enough time to unpack each of these, but I just want to show you moments in the book of Acts where the Spirit leads the church, just so that we can grow in confidence that the Holy Spirit speaks to the church, that the Holy Spirit does guide us, that we're not left to our own to make these decisions, that he wants to have input. Um, we have amazing faculties. They're a part of the picture. We'll see that later in uh, Acts 15. Um, but there's also uh, divine guidance that comes to the church. So we're just going to look at a few examples. Uh, here's just that one, the Spirit leading an individual in Acts chapter 8, 29. And this is the Spirit saying to Philip, go up and join this chariot. So Philip is just hanging out, and there's somebody uh, in a chariot nearby, and he's like, I got to go share the gospel with this person. He didn't just decide that. Somehow the Spirit spoke that to him. Now, we don't know how the Spirit did it. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, uh, you know, like blinding light, audible voice. We have no idea how that worked. We just know the Spirit spoke to Philip and said, hey, get your butt over there and and talk to this person, right? And so a phenomenal evangelism story comes out of that. But it's the Spirit that spoke to Philip. That should grow our confidence. Uh, Acts chapter 13, uh, verse 2 and 3, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, is another moment in which they sort of uh, are trying to make a decision about whether to go to the Gentiles and whether to send a group of people out on a missions journey. And says, while they're worshiping the Lord and fasting, it's sort of what we're doing. We haven't actually called the church to a fast, but we're worshiping and listening and preparing our hearts together. Um, the Holy Spirit said, and again, we don't know how the Holy Spirit said, but somehow the Holy Spirit said this to the whole community, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So it's fascinating. I just want to just make note of something here. They were worshiping and fasting while they were asking the Lord what was going to happen. The Lord spoke to them, told them what to do. They didn't stop worshiping and, and fasting. They continued to fast and pray because they wanted to execute on what the Spirit had told them with as much passion as they sought it. So they had built into them a pre-commitment to obedience and we're as committed to doing this thing and laying hands on Paul and Barnabas and doing it right as we were uh, to finding out what the right thing to do was. So there's a continual dependence that the church needs to have on the Holy Spirit. Uh, that, again, should be hugely encouraging for us. Uh, jumping to Acts chapter 16, verses 6 and 7, it says, uh, Now when they'd gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, so this is now when they're off on their missionary journey, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Now that's a weird one. That is super weird. So what, the Holy Spirit did not want the gospel preached in this certain area? So we see clearly as the Spirit is directing the church strategically, we know that God wants to reach every person from every tribe and tongue and nation. But the Spirit is able to direct the church and individual communities uh, to do that according to his will. He sees the big picture. He sees the plan in ways that we don't. And as we look as a church to going into whatever our next steps are, uh, we don't want to just do uh, what's the right thing. There's so many right and good things we could do. Um, the Bible didn't really give us like what exactly to do uh, during COVID-19 in the year 2020. Uh, it, it's not there. But the Spirit knows exactly what he wants our church to do in 20, 
20 during COVID. He has a plan. He has a strategy. He knows what all the other churches are doing. He knows what all the other churches are planning. He knows what's coming. And I think he can direct us and speak to us and give us some guidance. So after they'd come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So they kind of didn't listen. They're like, well, is Bithia technically, and this is one of those places, is this technically in Asia? I don't know if it's technically in Asia or not. Let's go try for it. And somehow the Spirit arrested them and said, hey, you're not allowed, guys. It's not the time. So the Spirit is allowed to say no to the things that we might think are logical or reasonable or rational to do. The Spirit is allowed to speak to us and say, hey, it's not that time, guys. And maybe he's going to speak to us through silence. That's entirely possible. It's completely uh, his prerogative to lead as he will. Uh, jumping to Acts chapter 20, uh, 23, 22 to 23, and see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem. So Paul is like uh, tied up. He's on a course that he knows by the Spirit that he can't change. Uh, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. So, hey, Holy Spirit, thank you so much for telling me I have to go here and that it's going to suck for me, <laughs> right? But the Holy Spirit can do that. It can lead us into things that would feel uncomfortable for us. And so, Paul, we have this incredible story. I didn't uh, take a lot of time to unpack it. I didn't even put it on the screen. But this prophet uh, comes up to Paul somewhere on this journey. This is one of the areas where the Holy Spirit testified to him in one of these cities. Uh, Agabus comes to him and says, hey, listen, I want to do a prophetic act on you. Hold us your hands. I'm going to tie you up with ropes. And so this is how you're going to be going into this city of Jerusalem. You're going to be bound when you go into the city. And the Spirit wants you to know that that's what's going to happen to you. And sort of they sort of are begging Paul not to leave them. And Paul's like, okay, great. I'm going to be bound when I go into Jerusalem. So I'm going to go to Jerusalem. And so he received a prophetic word about something that seemed negative or difficult or challenging for him as a person, but also clear direction from the Spirit to walk into that challenging thing. And that's a possibility for us as a community that God may call us to do things that are difficult for us. God may call us to do things that are challenging for us. But the Spirit is the Spirit. He is the Lord. He can lead us wherever He wants. And so we want to be obedient people who are willing to do the hard things. Um, so we know that the Holy Spirit uh, can lead the church to specific strategic decisions. We see it all over the scriptures and we see it all over church history. But in most cases, we're not exactly told how that works. Like how does the Spirit actually speak? Like we don't get the background, except in the case of Agabus, this prophet who spoke to Paul, we don't realize, know whether it was a prophetic word. We don't know whether there was words of knowledge or somebody had a wacky dream or whether somebody had a vision. We just don't know all the details of how that works. We just know that the Spirit speaks. But then we look to a little bit broader process and we see in Acts uh, how all of these things, that prophetic speaking into the life of a community, uh, works in the context of all of our faculties in terms of decision making. And so in Acts chapter 15, um, sorry, from verse 6 uh, going on to uh, 29, uh, it unpacks this incredible uh, council, really the first council of the church where the le leaders gathered to make a decision. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to make this decision, like should we uh, really require the Gentiles to follow all of the Jewish law or should we allow them a little bit more freedom uh, as they become Christians uh, to figure out culturally what they actually need to be obedient to. Tremendous debate. Some people thought they had to completely adopt Judaism and some people thought they should be more free. How do we make this decision? You have humans on both sides with differing ideas about how this should be and it talks about a sect of Pharisees coming in with their ideas and Paul and Barnabas or Paul and Silas coming in with their ideas and there's competition. And how do you make a decision when opposing parts of the community want to go in different ways? How do you do it? And so the church calls a council together. And I just want to lay uh, 
walk our way through the scripture really quickly to just show you how they did it. And I think there's just wisdom and guidance for us that you'll see in our process later on as we make decisions. Verse 6, it says first, the apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider. So one, they just got together. They knew that this is a decision that they wanted to make and they wanted to have consensus, just like what we're going to do with our leaders is we're going to get together in a place where we can talk and we can consider. So uh, being together is important. Considering is important. So that means they thought about it. They did not turn their brains off. They did not decide uh, we're going to, uh, like in some cases in the scriptures, I suppose we have examples of them like, uh, you know, casting lots you know, roll in the dice, you know, pick a card out of the deck, uh, draw straws, whatever it is. But in this case, it was like, no, we're going to think about this. We're going to consider, we're going to ponder it. So that's a legitimate part of the process is to consider all of the factors, everything that we know, and to uh, use our, our brains, reason, logic, and all those faculties that God has given us. So that's a part of the picture. Um, and it says this in verse seven, and after there had been much debate. So it wasn't just like a, a, a super, um, Maybe it wasn't even necessarily a very congenial discussion. Like maybe there was other things going on there. We see a record of Paul like challenging Peter to his face and different things going on uh, in those sorts of discussions in the life of the early church. So they debated it. People strongly, uh, you know, shared their opinion. And there'll be space for us to do that as leaders, uh, for us to differ. But what we're going to do is we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to orient us first so that those discussions uh, are, are really, really healthy for us. So there was much debate. There was discussion. There was this person, that person sharing their points of view. And then it says, after that, it says, Peter uh, stood up and said to them, brothers, you know that in the early days, God made a choice among you by my mouth the Gentile, that by my mouth, the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So what Peter's pointing back to is the part that we're going into in this next week. He's talking about the prophetic input into the discussion, a place where the spirit spoke uh, to him specifically. And so Peter, we know from earlier on in the book of Acts, Peter had this crazy dream uh, where a blanket came down and there were all kinds of animals in it. And basically the, the symbolism of the dream spoke to Peter and spoke to the community that the Gentiles were to become a part of the Christian community. And then out of that experience, he baptized a, a bunch of Gentile believers and they uh, received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues and the whole uh, sort of deal. But it was from prophetic input that they as a church realized that that was part of their trajectory. So Peter reminds them of the prophetic input that they'd received. And so we don't want to miss uh, as a church that piece of a discernment process. So he points back to that. And then we jump ahead to Acts chapter 15, 12. It says this, and all the assembly fell silent. They listened to Barnabas and Paul. So again, they're listening to witnesses. They're listening to people who know something about the situation. Paul and Barnabas have been where these Gentile believers have been. They've been in all those communities. So they're seeking accurate information about the situation so that they know what the impact of their decision will be. So that sort of uh, cognitive process is a legitimate part of a church discerning its way forward. That's part of the information we receive. Jump to Acts chapter 15. Uh, verses 15 to 16 says this and with the word and and then peter says and the words of the prophets agree just as it is written after this i will return he quotes a passage from amos chapter 9 verses 6 and 7. so they also oriented themselves around what the scriptures had said 
that listening to the Word of God was a legitimate part of their discernment process. So they had a really fulsome uh, discussion that included all of these different faculties, all of these ways of hearing and learning together. And what they arrived at in Acts chapter 15, uh, verse 28 was, For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And boy, isn't that where we want to leave ourselves as a community, where whatever God's calling us to, when we answer the question, how do you want us to gather the church and what next steps do you take? We want to all be able to say with one voice, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. That's the kind of consensus that we want to have. And so that's what we're seeking for. That's why we've been laying down our lives. That's why we've been praying uh, for God to orient us all in the same direction uh, so that we can have genuine alignment coming out at the end of this process so we can all be pulling in the same direction and all be going for the same thing. So that's what we're passionate about doing. So it says this, uh, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements that you are to abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourself from these things, you'll do well. So they just came up literally with a list of instructions, a list of rules. Hey, this is the stuff that we want you specifically to do when you go out on your mission. And this is what we want you to communicate. And we hope that at the end of lots of discussion and lots of uh, prayer and lots of uh, maybe a little bit of debate and a little bit of uh, discussion that the Holy Spirit will orient us all in one direction. And we're going to be able to say really clearly at the end of the process, the Holy Spirit has spoken to us and it seems good with us as well uh, to go in this way and do this thing and we're just trusting the lord to lead us through that process and so just a summary from acts 15 this incredible uh, first council of the church they gathered they considered they debated uh, they sought prophetic guidance um, they paid attention to their current experience what paul and silas knew uh, they aligned themselves with scriptures and they arrived at a god-led consensus that's how churches are supposed to make decisions, and that's how we're hoping we'll be able to make decisions as leaders at OVV. Uh, but very, very often in the church, we neglect this peace, this allowing of the Holy Spirit to speak into the life of the church. And so we just don't want to do it. So that's what this next week is about in our process, is us taking some time for our spiritual gifts to be activated uh, with humble hearts again, with lives laid down, uh, with Christ's mind, without our agendas, all of that stuff. Uh, we want you as a community to be taking time to quiet your hearts and to listen to the still, small voice of the Spirit. And maybe he'll give you a scripture to share. Maybe he'll give you... Um, a what you feel like is a prophetic word maybe he'll give you a dream maybe he'll give you a vision um, whatever it is however he wants to speak maybe some sort of inkling in your heart that god is saying something to us as a church and what we want you to do with that is to just pay attention to it and to simply just write it down describe it for us uh, we don't want you to interpret it we don't want uh, you to add your own thoughts to it we just want you to take what you're hearing from the spirit of god whatever it was whether it seems like a wacky dream whether it seems like it fits or not and just simply put it in an email uh, and send it to me uh, and we just want that sort of raw data from the Spirit. And what we find, and I've done this in other churches at other times and uh, seen some amazing, amazing things where uh, somebody could have a vision of, I mean, I'm just totally off the wall here, but, you know, a vision of a hot air balloon 
and and like I got this vision of a hot air balloon and I don't know what it means and somebody else is like I had this dream about this uh, fire that was going up and it means blah 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 and and this weird picture gets painted and I saw this picture of these winds like blowing and something was being blown in the winds that directed the way the Lord wanted it to go and I'm just totally like off the cuff here uh, but you can have a little piece you might not know how it fits it might just seem wacky it might not seem like it belongs you might not know what it is actually saying to the church but some person on the other side of town somebody in Almont somebody listening to the stream in Halifax or Saskatchewan may have a wacky dream that makes sense of that wacky thing that you had and our hope when we look at all this information and all the stuff that you guys share that you've heard from the Spirit is that when we, we look at it, we're going to put it all on one page and we're going to highlight it and look and whiteboard and pray uh, that we're going to see maybe some consistent patterns and consistent direction pieces that will be part of informing us, this prophetic guidance part. And we're still going to gather, we're still going to use our brains, we're going to align with the scriptures, uh, and we're going to uh, pay attention to real estate markets and current experience and whatever else it is that we're called to pay attention to, budgets and numbers and all of that. But we don't want to do it without this part. So this is where we need you as a community uh, to share the pieces that you're hearing from the Spirit. And, uh, and offer to them to the leadership and ask the leadership to uh, just take them and weigh them and pray. And uh, we'll report back to you on all that. Um, and so I want to leave us just with this encouragement from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and 8. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit. Remember we're talking about the Spirit leading. It's given for the common good. To one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of that Spirit. To another, faith by that same spirit. And all the gifts are listed. I'm not going to go through them all, but that's what we want is we want your spiritual gifts activated and we want them all flowing together. So you might have a little piece of wisdom. I think the Lord is saying it's wise for this. Another person might say, I think I know this thing in the spirit. Another person says, I don't really think I know anything, but I just feel confident. I have a gift of faith that, that whatever we decide to do, God will be with us and that he will bless us and that he will lead us forward and that we can be encouraged. And so all of those spiritual gifts are meant to be activated and operational in the body. And we're meant to move forward with that as a part of our uh, discernment and direction setting process. And I want to bring us back to the thought that we began with, with the song that led into worship. Uh, listening begins with surrender. It begins, and I've said this again and again, it begins with listening is a passive process. Listening is waiting for something outside yourself to enter your ears. It's not something that you can uh, uh, transcend to. It's not something you can reach to. It's about saying, Holy Spirit, I give the initiative to you. I'm going into passive mode here, Holy Spirit, and I'm going to allow you to speak into my heart, and I'll just share what you say with me, say to me. I'm thinking of James uh, chapter 1. If anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding faults, and it will be given to him. And when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. So ask surrendered, ask with confidence. And we think that God is going to give you, our body, uh, some wisdom and guidance to help us as we make decisions together. Thanks for joining us. To connect to the ministries of Ottawa Valley Vineyard, 
visit ovv.ca.